When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so who was the teacher who changed the game for you? You probably immediately had somebody pop up in your mind, the person who, you know, whenever people talk about teachers, you're like, oh, that was the teacher who impacted me. That was the teacher I connected with. And the reality is you probably connected with them, not necessarily because you still remember one of their classroom lessons or because you love the subject matter. You probably felt like they genuinely knew you and cared about you. And I I mean, at least that was true for me with uh, my favorite teacher. And this week, I'm so excited to get to have Dwayne Reed on the podcast because Dwayne is an educator who is changing the game for kids in Chicago. And his students know that he genuinely cares about them. And actually, the world, to some degree, knows that he cares about his students. You may have heard about Dwayne a few years ago when he made a video that went viral. He created a song and a music video called Welcome to the Fourth Grade that served as an introduction to himself and his classroom to his new fourth graders about to start their brand new school year. It's genuinely amazing. It feels like a big hug. He raps in it. It's really cute. And I've had it bumping in my head ever since I first heard it. And I was like, should I like maybe like sing a little bit of it so that people can recognize it if like they've heard it before? And then I realized, no, like nobody wants to hear me singing. Uh, But I think that we're going to play a clip in this episode so you'll get to hear it. But after this song came out, it blew up super quickly. He ended up being a guest on Good Morning America. He was later discovered by Pharrell, who ended up collaborating with him on a series of Old Navy ads featuring students and teachers. It's wild. But the thing that became immediately clear from getting to talk with Dwayne is that he genuinely cares about his students. We got to talk about the awesomeness of teachers, why he became a teacher, and he also opened up about his own struggles with depression, even in the midst of teaching. I'm Brandon Harvey, and this is Sounds Good. This is the weekly podcast where we have conversations with inspiring people who are rejecting cynicism and using their lives to make an impact. This is not your typical three steps to success podcast. We don't host this podcast for the sake of leaving you with any bullet points on self-improvement. We deeply believe that our lives are more complex than that. And so we show up here on Sounds Good to ask big questions, dive into nuance, and learn from each other's stories. So without any further ado, let's just dive into this story because it was so much fun to connect with Dwayne. Here we go. Dwayne, I'm so excited to be getting to talk with you. I found out about you through Brad Montague, who is an inspiration to me because of the way that he invests in kids. And he said that he admired you. And so that I was immediately like, I got to find out who this guy is. Uh, and I got to say, I ever since I found out about you, I've kind of gone down the the Mr. Reed rabbit trail. And I am just, I'm, I'm a huge fan. So <laughs> thanks so much for uh, talking today, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Um, It's really cool to know that other crazily inspiring people are like, they admire you. Um, That's a really cool feeling, man. So yeah, thanks for for checking me out. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm so excited. And so you are a teacher. You're in, is this your second year of teaching? Um, Yeah, so this would be my second year of teaching in uh, Chicago. Um, That's where I'm from, Chicago, Illinois, greatest city in the world. Um, and I live on the west side of the city. I don't know if people are familiar with the west side of the city, but the west side is the best side. Um, <laughs> it's got the most character. It's got the most charisma. Um, and the kids here are just just the greatest kids in the world, man. I'm, I'm, I love them to bits and pieces. So. And you grew up and went to school in Chicago, too? Um, I grew up in the Chicago area. Um, and then my mom, who also grew up in the area, she moved us out because she wanted us to find better success in a myriad of ways. And then, uh, so she moved us out and then she, I moved up back to the city 
um, once I finished high school. So what brought you back uh, during high school? So after high school, I had always just had a love for the city. Um, I had a number of friends who um, had been in the city. Again, I was born in the city. Um, I lived there a number of years until my mom again got us out. Um, and I just really developed a heart for uh, this city, particularly um, the the hood, as people would refer to it. I just really developed this just deep, just longing to be there and to serve and to help. There's this thing called the brain drain. And what it means is there's this talent, there's this intelligence, there's this great success that will be brought up in a city or, you know, a hood. And that person, think of like Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, this amazing basketball player for the Chicago Bulls, grew up in Chicago, and then he went off to school. And if Derrick Rose were to move away and not put resources back into Chicago, that would be known as like a brain drain. Mm. So I wanted to do the opposite of that. I wanted to take the intelligence that I had garnered, the resources, the abilities, all those things that, you know, man, God blessed me with and the city blessed me with. And I wanted to give it back to the city. I didn't want to be a part of a brain drain. So that's kind of my whole reason for coming back and being here ever since. That's really inspiring to me because I feel like, I don't know, I'm somebody who's lived in like two cool cities that I didn't grow up in. I I grew up in a small town in Eastern Washington called Pullman, which I love. uh, But I, I kind of felt a need to go, you know, experience something different. And so I moved to Portland, Oregon, uh, which is, you know, a very cool it city and especially was at the time that I moved. And then from there, when I got married, I moved out to Nashville, Tennessee, which I think at the time I moved, it was like uh, the hottest city to move to in the U.S. Like more people were moving there than anywhere else um, or something like that. And so I've gotten to experience probably being a part of that brain drain and seeing a lot of people who have been a part of that. But it's really like, I've really, really admired people who have chosen to stay in my hometown or towns like my town and chosen to just stay and invest and and figure out how they could build on the community to make it better. And I'm actually like a little bit convicted now, now that you're uh, talking about that. But Man, okay, so you moved back in, in high school. What like? So right after high school, I moved back. So I had gone off to college um, in Indiana, and you know, I'm from Illinois. So the out-of-state tuition at the college I went to, Purdue University, was way too much. It was $30,000 a year. And Got we it. grew up eating Little Caesars pizza and cereal every week. So yes. that college tuition wasn't going to get funded. So I um, became a statistic. I dropped out of school, and that's when I moved back. Um, to the city. So um, I moved up to the north side eventually for my Chicago folks. I moved up to the north side and I was just working at a movie theater downtown. Um, And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to work my way up. I'm going to become a manager at this movie theater. I'm going to just kind of do this work hard thing and that's going to be my life. And though I got to meet Chance the Rapper at the movie theater, incredible. I (laughs) I wasn't really satisfied with what I was doing there. So I um, looked up some aptitude tests, you know, those tests that tell you your skills and your strengths. And it kept coming back as you should be a teacher. You should be a teacher. You should be a teacher. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not (laughs) going to be no teacher, bro. Chill out. And then I kept taking the tests. And then I looked at YouTube videos about the day in the life of a teacher, day in the life of a black teacher, day in the life of a black male teacher. And I was like, man, I could do that. I feel like I work with kids anyway, so I might as well work with actual kids. Um, I went to a community college in downtown Chicago called Hero Washington, one of the greatest, most intense community colleges ever. Um, And two years later, I ended up transferring to um, a state school and finishing my degree. So that was kind of my transition back up to the city right after high school. That that's amazing. I love that vision to say, okay, I'm gonna try to you know figure out what. I'm built for what would be a good fit for me. And then you just jump on YouTube. You start going down that rabbit trail. And I love that that talked you into it. Like that's amazing that it convinced you, man. Okay. So you go to school to become a teacher. How old were you when you graduated? Oh my gosh. I was old. I remember going back to school because I dropped out, took a few years off. I remember going back to school and feeling like the old guy. Like I just (laughs) wouldn't like answer things or say things because I knew that just 
technically and literally I was more mature than all the other people. And I knew that that would show. And I was trying to like hide that because I was four or five years older than some of these kids. Um, (laughs) So I ended up graduating in 2016 and I was 25. I was 25 when I graduated. A grown man. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's so funny. I guess I don't really fully understand how teaching works. Like how did you know where you were going to be a teacher? Did you have to apply a bunch of places? Did you get placed? Like, I I guess I don't understand how being a teacher works at all. Yeah, sure. Sure thing. So you start off with what's known as student teaching. So student teaching is basically your practice teaching. You teach under a more performed teacher, someone that's been there for a good little while. It's kind of like if you go to Applebee's or Chili's and then two people walk out. The first one says, hi, my name is Jamie. And then the second one says, hi, my name is Jenny. I'll be working with Jamie today and she'll be showing me how to blah, 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 blah. So it's like you have a good idea of what's going on. So if your order messes up, it's because there's a new waitress there. Um, (laughs) That's what student teaching is like. And then after you student teach, you go on to look for your own job. Now, I um, put out, actually, I didn't put out applications. My story is funny how I ended up getting a job. But most people will put out applications in an area where they want to work. And then if they're unable to secure a job in that area, they'll move on to a broader range of places, sometimes even move into different states. Um, But yeah, so that's usually how that rolls. You kind of select the area that you want to work in. But for me, um, I just knew the area that I wanted to live in. So I um, had moved to that area again. And that was the west side. Yeah, that was the west side. So I had been living on the west side, traveling back and forth from school when I was in school. But um, I finally found a place that was like my own um, here on the west side. And I was like, this is where I want to live. This is where I want to go to church. This is where I want to just be. I want to be a pillar in the community. So let me put my feet down right here. Um, So I moved there and I was like... Uh, I was subbing in Chicago Public Schools. Shout out to CPS. Whoop, whoop. I was just doing that. And I was like, man, I'll get a job. I'll get a job. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to worry about it. And it was getting towards the end of the summer. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to worry about it. I'll get a job. And I had gone to a job fair with one of my friends who was also a teacher. And I was like, uh, I'll just go just to show some support. I didn't dress up or anything. I was just <laughs> looking like just a regular dude off the street. And long story short, I ended up walking out with a job that day. So, <laughs> Really? Well, break that story down a little bit longer. I don't need a short story. That's amazing. Okay, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so my friend was like, hey, I'm going to this, uh, this teacher fair. Um, they're giving out jobs. They're interviewing people. Do you want to come? And I was like, ah, not really. It's on a Saturday. I kind of want to sleep in. Um, but he eventually convinced me to come, and I was like, whatever. So I just put on some jeans, just a little sweater, and I'm pretty sure I didn't even have a haircut. I was just looking, I was looking rough. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> so I go to this event and I put a name tag on. Hi, my name is Mr. Reed, you know, and I had a resume just in case my mom would get on me if I didn't like, boy, you better be prepared type thing. So I had a resume just in case my friend had gone to an interview. So um, I just popped into a room for an interview and I was like, oh, let's see what happens. So I sit down. And they're like, hey, we're such and such and such. We're located here. And I'm like, oh, amazing. I live two minutes away. Um, and they're like, oh, that's cool. Tell us about yourself. So I get to talking. You know me. I'm excited. I'm like, oh, this, 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 and that. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but I had a viral video. And they're like, no, we never saw it. And I'm like, great. Because I don't want people to judge me based off of some music video. I want people to judge me based off of the talent or the abilities that I can bring to the table, you know? Um, so I thought it was raw that they hadn't seen my video. Cause it's like, I get to just tell them about me. Mm. So I was explaining just my teaching philosophy, explaining about how I think relationships mean absolutely everything in education. And I thought that means more than even, even the teaching aspect of it. And they were like nodding their heads and asking me to give examples of lessons that I had taught and kids that I had, you know, served. And it was just a really good interview. And they were like, Hey, would you like to come in and give a lesson to our kids um, who were the fourth graders at the time? And I was like, yeah, bet. let's do it. I'll make sure my haircut is nice. I'll make sure I dress up. And they're like, great, we need that. And then the next week I came in and gave uh, a lesson to the fourth graders. It's funny. They clap. They all clap their hands after I gave my lesson. I'm like, <laughs> what? Is this how this works? Do kids clap every time you give a lesson? Um, <laughs> I was like, I like this. Um, and 
one of the deans, he had pulled me to the side and he was like, yo, Reed, real cool black dude. He's like, Reed, that was amazing. I took the boys out and I asked them what they thought of you. And the boys were talking about, man, that was amazing. Somebody that looks like us, that could be a teacher here. Cause it's, it's like 99% African-American at the school. Somebody that looks like us, that could be a teacher here. Wow. We need that. We want that. And they were just all giddy and excited and he's communicating their feelings to me. And I just feel this sense of, I belong here. I'm supposed to do this. Like there is a need and I have to feel that need. So right after that, I took the job and the rest is kind of history. That's beautiful, man. That's so cool. And I love that there's a kind of a mission driving that too, that you chose that neighborhood that you knew that you wanted to, you know, be a black man who was, you know, a representation for these kids uh, who maybe didn't have anybody else like that. That's amazing. And also, you know that we got to back up and talk about that viral video real quick too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, tell me about how that came to be. For sure. So when I was student teaching, you know, basically the second waitress at Applebee's, um, I was like, man, I want my students to know who I am. I feel like that's really important. If you know who I am and you hopefully like me before we meet, like that just sets us light years ahead of the game. We don't have to go through the whole process of, dang, do I like this person? Dang, do they like me back? So um, most teachers send out a newsletter or an email just letting people know who they are and what they're about and what they can expect. Thank God I'm somewhat musically inclined. So I was like, let me do that but just let me make a song out of it. So I made a song called Welcome to the Fourth Grade, and it was basically welcoming these incoming students to the new school year with me. And a buddy of mine said, hey, I can shoot a music video for you. And I'd never shot a music video before. I don't necessarily think I looked the best on camera, so I was a little shy, and I was like, ooh, I don't know. He was like, nah, bro, you look fine. And your mama think you cute anyway, so that's all that matters. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, you're right, you're right. Um, so we shot the music. I asked the cooperating teacher, the one who I would be in her classroom. And she was like, yeah, shoot the video. So we went up to the school on the Saturday before school was about to start. And we shot the video in about three, four hours. We edited it that night in about five or six hours. And then we released it that like at 12 o'clock on Sunday morning. That's incredible. Yeah, crazy turnaround. The guy I was working with was mad dedicated. He drank a lot of monsters that night. <laughs> so after we released it, we were like, okay, cool. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's going to be a cool thing. I'm going to send it to my students. Great. Woke up the next day, and on my Facebook, my personal Facebook, it was like, you know, 5,000 views. And that's cool for me. I'm like, oh, this is really awesome. That's great. I went to church, played a little basketball later that day came back it's at like thirty thousand views and i'm like yo (laughs) what and this is just my personal facebook i'm like i don't have any idea of like fan pages i don't have any idea of like youtube on youtube it's at like three or five thousand i'm like cool and then i have a friend he posts it on reddit and the next that night when i wake up i took like a nap that night when i wake up on reddit gets it on YouTube to like 50,000 views. And I'm like, yo, that's wild. But okay, 50K, that's really cool. I'm going to go to school the next day and we'll be in good shape. When I wake up, it is on the news. Somebody's like, yo, you're on the news, Dwayne. I'm like, what? Later that day, I get a call from Good Morning America. And I'm like, good, like, good morning, America. The Good Morning America, they're like, yes, the, and they're, they're really serious. Is this Dwayne Reed? I'm like, yeah. Hey, I'm such and such executive producer from Good Morning America. We want to know if we can get you on the show. And I'm like, yo, this is phenomenal. Phone starts blowing up. I have to turn it off because I'm at school. Like the, the students hadn't arrived yet, but we're like professional development in school. I had to turn my phone off. I'm getting all types of emails. It's at 100,000 views now on YouTube. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So we get Good Morning America the very next day. They come out, they set up in the school and it's just like, oh my gosh, I've gone viral. I've gone viral. And you, you really don't know what to expect because it's never happened before. You didn't intend for it to happen. I just wanted to make a video for my kids for them to like me before they got to know me. And it just turned out to be something way bigger than anyone would ever imagined. I mean, the video is remarkable. In fact, maybe maybe we should play it right here for people to hear it really quick. Sure. Is that okay if if we play like a clip of it? Yeah, go ahead without question. Yeah, 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 yeah,
to the fourth grade. So happy to meet you. Can't wait till I see you. Gonna have a good time. We'll learn about science. Find ways to apply it. And I bet that you'll like it. We're gonna have a good time. Welcome to the fourth grade. Hello. Teacher, my name's Mr. Reed, and it's very nice to meet ya. I'm from Chicago. I love eating pizza, and I dress to impress, but I still rock sneakers. It's my first year teaching, so it's all real exciting. Got some ideas, and I really like to try them, like making songs to remember what you hear. We'll be learning so much by the end of the year. To my friends and my peers, the parents and the students, I'm ready, you're ready, we're ready. Let's do this. Yeah. But absolutely no day. Dreaming, working hard till the bell starts ringing. Welcome to the fourth grade. So happy to meet you. Can't wait till I see you. We're gonna have a good time. We'll study mathematics, division and adding, and don't forget fractions. We're gonna have a good time. Welcome to the I'll always greet you with a smile. I'll always try to make the lessons worthwhile. <laughs> And when you do good work, I'll acknowledge 'cause I know that you're headed off to work or to college. So we gotta keep it positive. That's the key. Have respect for each other and don't forget me. Have respect for yourselves and the staff and the school. Having fun can be cool when we're following the rules. Nah, nah. Time's gonna fly. Before you know it, you'll be moving into grade five. But for now, we'll be working and learning and singing all the way till the bell starts ringing. Welcome to the fourth grade. So happy to meet you. Can't wait till I see you. We're gonna have a good time. We'll learn about English. Write papers and read them. A pluses, you'll see them. Oh my gosh, I, I it honestly just gives me goosebumps. <laughs> What do you think it is that connects with people on such a deep level? Like, why do you think that it, it grew and went viral so quickly? So I think... People just naturally like music. Music is transcendent. Um, so it's kind of like a, a earworm of a song. It's it really catchy. Is. I've actually, yeah, I've actually sung that song every single day since then. And that was over two years ago. Wow. Um, it just gets stuck in your head. <laughs> so I think that's a, a really big piece of it. I also think teachers and kids and parents are looking for authenticity. Everyone values authenticity. It doesn't matter if you're this white kid from the suburbs and you move to the hood. If you're real, your kids are going to respond to your realness. It doesn't matter if you're this black kid from the hood and you move to rural Illinois or rural Indiana and there's kids who live in towns where there's more cows than there are people. If you are real, they're going to respect and respond to your authenticity. So I think the video demonstrates authenticity. Hey. I'm a real person. I'm not a robot. And it paints teachers in this light that says that we're people too. And I think a lot of that had been missing, at least from the public vantage point. And from the public's standpoint, for them to see like, oh, this is real. You're a human. You have hobbies. You're not a robot. You love kids. I think for people to see that, that's something that stuck with them and was very very poignant. And again, if you can be like, yeah, I agree with that and bop your head at the same time, I think you've got a hit. So I think that's why it really, really stuck, struck a chord with people. I love that. I think that totally makes sense. What did the kids think when they saw it? Well, my kids are so cute. They, you know, they're at the time they were eight-year-olds and They, oh my gosh, you're a celebrity. Like, this is so cool. And I didn't want them to think I was a celebrity. I don't think I'm a celebrity. I just wanted them to think, hey, this is going to be a fun fourth grade semester. That's all I wanted them to think. Um, but it's funny, one of my students, we were having a conversation about celebrities later on in the school year, maybe around November. And I was like, had, had, has any one of you ever met a celebrity? And one of them, she goes, yeah, I've met two. I met Michael Jordan. And I was like, okay, that's cool. It's, you know, Michael Jordan, the GOAT. 
And then I was like, who's the other? And she says, Dwayne Reed. And I'm like, oh, don't do that to me. Don't break my heart like that. Um, So, yeah, the kids, they thought of me as a celebrity. Um, we, We had gone to another school for a field trip. And the kids at my school, one of them goes, she's talking to another one of the kids. And she goes, hey, this is Mr. Reed. He's famous. He's our teacher. And I was like, oh, my gosh, get out of here, man. So the kids, they responded really well to it. And that's got to really move the needle in the classroom, too. Because, I mean, like you said, you've already got this relationship with them then. And that trust is going to totally be a catalyst for better learning and for kids wanting to pay more attention and actually, um, you know, lean on you as, as a support system in their life. Yeah, that's a, a good point. So when I actually speak to teachers um, about being the educator that you needed, I always emphasize the importance of relationships, of building, fostering relationships that are sustainable, that are driven by positivity, that are driven by this heart interest in building up their scholars. It's all about that. If the kids know you, they're able to connect with some piece of your life. So that's why at the beginning of the year, I tell my kids as much as I can about me so that there's at least one piece that they can connect to and be like, oh, I like that about Mr. E. I like him. And I always try to find out as much as I can about them so that I can do the same thing. Like, I want to like my kids. So let me go out of my way to find one thing at least that I like about you so that I can better serve you. And if the kids know that you like them and you care for them and that you're there for them, they'll be willing to run through a brick wall for you. So it's super key that you build those relationships that are two ways, not just one way, not just you getting to know them, but them getting to know you as well. And they feel like they can connect with you. It's like a friendship. You want to know your friend and you want your friend to know you. We all desire to be known, to be fully known, yet fully loved. So if you're a child and you can come to school and have your problems and have your flaws and your teacher's still going to be there for you from day one to day 180, you know that you can rock with that teacher. You know that they're on your side. You know that you can do what you're supposed to do. You can go out of your way to learn through a lesson and you can you know, make sure your conduct and your behavior is where it needs to be. And if I know that my students if I know about them and I know what their needs are and they know about me, it's like, let's get it. Y'all are my friends. Y'all are my, not, no, 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 no. Y'all not my friends. I make sure to tell my kids all the time. I am not your friend. I don't need you to be my friend. My mama loves me. <laughs> I'm your teacher. You're my student. That's how it's going to rock. But like y'all my homies and I know about y'all and I love y'all. How can I better serve y'all? It's just a really long-winded way of saying relationships mean absolutely everything in education. Beautiful. Did you have a teacher that modeled that for you when you were growing up? I had teachers that demonstrated characteristics that were, you know, kind, generous. Um, I had teachers who were loving. I don't know if I necessarily had a teacher who was the teacher that I needed um, in elementary school, at least. Once I started to get towards middle And so once I started to get towards junior high and high school, I started to get those teachers who were like, yeah, there's somebody that's really, really in my corner. There's someone that's going to be there for me through thick or thin. So it wasn't until I got towards like the middle levels and the high school that I started to see that. Or maybe it's just I wasn't aware of it, you know, and I can't recall it at the moment. So that's it's more likely that one. But I mean, I had I had great teachers throughout, you know, my entire school tenure. So. So your your video went viral, and then somehow Pharrell found out about it, and he made a <laughs> man, why don't you just tell the story? That's amazing. Yeah, so uh, Pharrell had heard of the video, and um, his people had contacted me. His people are at I Am Other. They have a great company that just, just is just, if you took a bag of crayons and markers and melted them in the microwave and then took all of that colorful juice and threw it onto some wet snow. And you just saw the smorgasbord of creativity that was produced. That would be Pharrell's company called (laughs) I Am Mother. And they just reached out to me and they said, we love what you are doing. How can we partner? Um, So one of the guys um, was kind of my 
you know, quasi manager. His name was Robbie. He was like, look, you're doing great stuff. We want to partner with you at I Am Other. Pharrell loves it. What can we do? So they reached out and they connected me to um, Old Navy. And Old Navy, you know, they do these really big back to school programs and campaigns. And Old Navy said, hey, we want to replicate what you're doing with Welcome to the Fourth Grade with a bunch of amazing teachers all across the country. So they had me fly out and meet these amazing teachers in Seattle and Texas and Atlanta and New York and all these different places. And we literally sat down and created Welcome to the Fourth Grade videos per se for them. And we recorded it and they fitted us in all this old Navy gear and we Uh, looked super swaggy. So cool. Yeah, it was amazing. One of my favorites was um, in Los Angeles. I was in Los Angeles with this teacher named Miss Vega, and I got to speak a little Spanish. And as we were writing her song, she was telling me, hey, these are my little kindergarten kids, and these are some of the things that they experience. And I was like, can I say, si se puede? And she's like, yes, you can say, si se puede, which basically says, like, yes, we can. We can do it. And the song is just amazing. I'm going to sing a little bit of it. Is that okay? Oh, please do. Thank you. Yeah, it goes, somos familia y amistades, we are family, family and friends, trabajando juntos a cambiar el futuro, changing the future with my family and friends. So just to be able to sing that in Spanish and have her kids be able to be like, oh, this is a dope song in Espanol. It was just an amazing experience. And I'm, I'm just so honored and privileged to have Pharrell and I Am Other come alongside me and Old Navy give me the opportunity. It was just a bee's knees, man. It was awesome. I just wanted to take a quick break from this conversation to tell you about the sponsor of this week's episode of Sounds Good, Hover. Hover is the company that makes it easy to buy a domain name for your big idea. And I want to talk for a minute about their amazing customer service because I actually use Hover and I have had some incredible experiences with them. A few years ago, I was in New Zealand. I was speaking at this conference and I started getting all these emails all at once uh, from Amazon and eBay and social networks basically saying that I was doing things that I wasn't. There were huge purchases, attempts to change my email addresses, all this stuff. It turned out that I was being hacked on every single platform that I'd ever put out there. I will say that this is like 99% my fault because I was using basically the same password for everything. There were a few variations, but it was not enough. And uh, so one of these passwords got out there, a hacker figured out that it worked for everything. And the problem is that I'm in New Zealand with no no cell service really, very limited Wi-Fi. And so I run to the public library and I try my best to frantically get all my websites and passwords and emails back under control. And it was really tricky. I mean, it, it took a lot of work because I basically had to convince all these companies like, hey, I am the actual human behind this, not this hacker. And I did not mean to buy 12 iPhones on Amazon. You know, it's that type of thing. I wasn't super worried about all the financial stuff because I knew that that stuff would get sorted out. You know, you see that happen pretty often where it's like, oh, we understand that this is somebody hacking you and nobody needs 12 iPhones all at once. But the thing that I was really worried about was my websites. I owned brandonharvey.com. I had goodgoodgood.co. You know, I had these things that I cared about and I didn't want somebody to put something terrifying or sketchy on those websites. And so I contacted Hover. And... Hover was exceptional. Their customer service team was incredible. And I just explained the situation and they were amazing. They were incredibly empathetic, but also wanted to make sure that things were super secure. They didn't just pass over my website back to me. That wouldn't be secure. That wouldn't be safe because any hacker could step in and be like, oh, I'm actually Brandon. They were so thoughtful. So here's what they did. My website had been taken down. Fortunately, nothing sketchy was up on it yet, but it had been taken down. And within an email or two, Hover put my website back up. That was amazing. That felt so good. But to make sure that I wasn't another hacker, they told me that they were going to lock down my website until I got back to the US and could verify my identity. And I truly appreciated that. They knew that I couldn't have my website be totally down, but they also wanted to make sure that my security was put above everything else. 
and they helped make sure that I was even more secure from there on out. They helped me enable all kinds of settings that made my website feel more safe and secure. And I've never had an issue since, but I love knowing that I had that incredible experience with Hover's customer support team for something that mattered so much to me. And I know that if something ever happens again, that they're gonna take care of that. So anyway, if you have an idea that you care about, you should buy a domain name from someone you can trust. Hover is the best way to go. I'm so honored that Hover is the sponsor of this week's episode and that they support this podcast so much. For listeners of Sounds Good, Hover is offering 10% off your first purchase when you visit hover.com slash sounds good. Go to hover.com slash sounds good today to save 10% on your domain name and help support this podcast. Hover, making it easy to bring your passions and ideas to life and keeping you secure and sane while you're on a vacation in New Zealand. Okay, now back to the rest of our conversation. I think it's really remarkable that you do something that has an impact on students and other people see it as a model for you know how you can build a relationship with kids and how you can show you know, students that, that you care about them and that you're, that you're there to invest in them. And when that blows up, there's more people in the world who say, we want to invest in this. We want to, you know, take what you've already done, which is incredible and magnify it to make it bigger. I, I feel like that's so encouraging to think that, you know, and I don't know if that's like a rule or an exception or whatever, but, but I like to think that when we create good in the world and, and it's something fresh and authentic and new, that something in the universe will magnify that, will make it bigger, will have, will let it have a greater impact. Because all these other teachers now have, you know, students who feel like they're cared for and feel like, you know, they have someone who is is there for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think your point is is spot on. When we see something, we then want to replicate it. When we see good art, that makes us excited. Like when I see the Grand Canyon, for example, or um, the Eiffel Tower, I got to go to France with the United Nations. It was raw. But when I see <laughs> the Eiffel Tower, I'm like, dang, I want to go create something like that. Maybe not a, a building or this structure, but I want to go create something that will stand forever in my children's lives. So I think, yeah, when we as humans see something amazing, we want to then duplicate that. I wasn't the first one to do a video like this. Um, there have been many hundreds of teachers who had already done it. And there have been hundreds and thousands of teachers who have already done amazing work and letting their kids know what they were about to get into. So I wasn't the first one and definitely not going to be the last. It just so happened that I got selected to go viral. And it's it's not something that I planned. Like I said, it's not something that I could do tomorrow and just make it happen again. It was just a magic moment. It was a little, you know, fairy dust. It was just a lot of things that were out of my control. So I really just want to harp on the fact that, man, there had already been a million and one teachers doing exactly what I did. I wasn't necessarily special. It was just the luck of the draw type thing. So um, it's, it's really cool to see that teachers are now doing these types of videos all the more. And it's like, heck yeah, do them. I hope you go viral too. I mean, teachers really are incredible. I have no doubt that we have teachers listening to the show right now. I have teachers, you know, I would say I was really fortunate that I had a ton of incredible teachers growing up who I still admire and appreciate. Teachers are just the freaking best. In my opinion, like teachers and nurses are like the biggest heroes in the world. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay, so outside of making a video for students, you know, uh, what are kind of some of the things that you're bringing to the classroom day in, day out? What are the things that you feel really passionate about when you bring it to your classroom? Yeah. So some of the things I feel passionate about are um, equity. So equitable education. I think that all students, every single child should have education that is above par, that is not subpar, that is not books that are 10, 15, 20 years old, that they shouldn't have education that requires them to use technology, but they don't have um, access to it. So I feel like equitable education is very important for me. Um, I also feel like that connects to the people who are teaching them. 
Um, I think that the teachers that should be teaching students are teachers that are hip to social justice, that are hip to equity and education, that are hip to the things that impact those students. It's kind of tough to go somewhere where students are struggling with issues and then not want to meet those needs and not want to address those issues. So I'm very passionate about speaking about those things in class. Um, every day. I'm passionate about being passionate. I think <laughs> we should find something that we like and go hard at it. Like we should go from zero to a hundred at that thing every day. Um, so my kids, I'm, I'm hyped all the time. There was one day I, the students, I greet them at the door. There was one day that one of my students, she had walked up to me and she had seen that I was like feeling down. I think I was sick or something. And she said, Hey, Mr. Reed, you're not feeling it today, huh? And I was like, dang, how'd you know? She's like, I can see it on your face. Because usually you be hype, hype, hype. And you, now you just, you know, a little mellow. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm not feeling it today. And what's crazy is after hearing that, all of my students responded appropriately. They kind of chilled out a little bit that day. And I thought that that was really cool. Man, kids really can see your needs as a teacher. And they can meet your needs, which is it's just dope to see. So, um, all that to say, I, I like being passionate about, about things that I'm passionate about. So I bring that into the classroom. I like to keep it real. I like to contextualize a lot of the things that we are studying. So if we're reading about um, Native Americans and about how their land was stolen from white people, um, from white settlers, I just keep it straight up. We have those conversations and then I bring it to real life. I say, yo, man, um, a lot of your families used to live in, um, there's these projects, these housing projects near downtown Chicago called Cabrini Green. A lot of your families used to live in Cabrini Green, but once they tore those buildings down and a lot of your families got displaced, they had to move out to the west side and to the south side. Um, so that's why a lot of you guys are here right now. But now a lot of the white settlers are moving from downtown closer to the west side and they're gentrifying and so boom that's my way of explaining what gentrification is what you know western expansion is what imperialism is in a way that they can understand it yeah it's localized yep exactly so bringing just really good context into the classroom i think is super important and then finally again just that relationship piece i love you little black kid i love you little brown kid like i love you and i want so much for you and i will do anything for you and i think it's just that heart piece that's that's super crucial so that's what you get in a classroom with mr reed every day I, i've said this so many times in this episode but i just think that that's so beautiful you shared in a blog post, I think, earlier this year that, you know, this has been an exciting year. You've gotten to really invest in kids, but at the same time, it's been a, a difficult year. And you've also, you know, struggled to some degree with your mental health. Would you mind sharing a little bit about what that's like as well? Yeah, for sure. So um, teaching is hard. It is hard work. Don't let anybody ever tell you anything otherwise. It's hard, man. You you spend hours thinking and planning and for most, if not all teachers, trying to save these kids. The thing is, it's not our job to save these kids, but I don't know a good teacher that's not going to go out and try. You know what I mean? And you just put your heart and soul into it and you want the best for your scholars. And that takes a lot out of you. It wears on you. you. You give your all. And especially if you're a very empathetic person, you see the needs and the issues and the problems that your students face, and you kind of take on those burdens. And that's what uh, was happening to me. I just hear about my students getting shot at over the weekend or getting kicked out of their homes or their parents being locked up and them still having to come to school that day. I just saw all of these issues, and it just weighed on my heart. You start to get to the point where you, it's just, just anxiety just riddles you. And I was waking up with panic attacks and Sunday would come and I'd be like, oh my gosh, that means Monday's here tomorrow. And I don't want to go back to school because it's just so much. And it just feels like an avalanche of things that are just hitting you left and right. So it had gotten to the point where I wasn't doing well. I had started to experience physical ailments that the doctors were unable to identify their, their source. Um, I started to lose weight and I'm a skinny dude. So me losing weight is no bueno. Um, I had started to lose hair and it was just, I was just struggling. So um, you know how you get onto um, a flight and they say, if the airplane goes down, make sure you put on your oxygen mask before you put on someone else's. 
And that's what it was like for me. I really needed to put on my own oxygen mask. So I took a step back from the classroom for a second just to kind of get my bearings, get my head straight on. And um, I came back and I was more energized. I was recalibrated and I was ready to go and ready to serve to the level, to the extent that I knew that I could be serving. Um, Because, yeah, man, teaching is hard, but it's great. And the students and the parents need us to be at our optimum level so that we can serve them um, to their best benefit. So I appreciate you sharing that because I think it's I think it'd be easy for you know, another teacher or really anybody to see your video that goes viral and be like, man, this, this Mr. Reed is, he's got it all together. You know, he's investing in his kid. He knows how to sing. He knows how to make music. He knows how to make a dope video. Um, and, and to hear you say, you know, that you're not a superhero and that you, you've got to figure out how to take care of yourself, uh, so that you can choose to invest in your kids, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard that's really encouraging. And I think that's very realistic too. I mean, there's, there's no hero. Like on this podcast, we talked to a lot of people who are making cool differences in the world, but you know, none of those people are, you know, their lives aren't devoid of conflict. You know, they, they all have something internal or external that they're battling against. And that's, that's so normal. And so I, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, man. And even just to be extra real, <laughs> teaching is tough. You fail a lot. Let me talk about myself. I fail a lot. Um, there, there, there was days where, man, you're just frustrated. You're tired. Like you just, ah, I remember the old days where, um, your teacher would roll in like their big old TV on wheels and you knew, uh-oh, movie day, let's get it. There's days where you just want to be like, look, movie day, okay? Y'all sit here and it, like it's not what you see on social media. I, I don't <laughs> want teachers to look at me and be like, oh, everything is well put together. Everything is perfect. It's not, man. I've got my even my own internal flaws that I have to deal with. I have to deal with, you know, selfishness or I have to deal with pride or a big ego or things that I'm trying to kill and, you know, put away that I have to deal with. And they impact me and my students in the classroom. It's not all rainbows and daisies. It is challenging. It is tough. I'm flawed. I'm not the perfect superhero. Um, But like you said, man, I think that that's okay. I think that people know that I'm flawed. My students know that I'm flawed. I think it's really important to apologize to your your students. I think it's important to normalize apologizing to kids. Um, And I say, you know what? Hey, I messed up. Do y'all forgive me? And they're like, yeah, we forgive you. Don't do that again, Mr. Reed. I'm like, all right, I won't do that again. (laughs) So yeah, man. I guess I'm just like kind of leaving this conversation feeling really inspired by teachers. And, you know, I don't work in the education space. I don't interact with teachers all that often. I don't have kids that are going to school. I don't like all of that. What are some practical ways that I can better support teachers so that they can keep on crushing it in the classroom? I think the first thing that comes to mind is to do what you're already doing. Utilize your platform to amplify their voices. And I use the word amplify intentionally because I'm also thinking of teachers of color. Um, A lot of times the voice of people of color has been stripped away or has been silenced or has been muted. So I think it's important specifically for white people to pass the mic to people of color in order to amplify their voice. So specifically in the educational realm, giving teachers a platform to talk about some of the issues that they face or talk about some of the successes. You know, you guys are all about the good in the world. So (laughs) man, talk a lot about the good that you see in classrooms all over the country. Um, Talk about, you know, good, amazing white teachers, but talk specifically about good teachers of color. Because if you look at our, our school framework in about 20, 30 years, 60, 70, 80% of all of the students will be some type of student of color. So I think it's important to represent teachers of color and amplify their voices. Um, But teachers in general, give them the mic and let them shine. Um, I think another way of helping them is by speaking out for them when they're trying to get more money. Like, I think teachers should get paid at least $50,000, $60,000 coming out their first year. 
Like if you think that their job is so important, which people won't argue that teaching, they won't say no, teaching is not important. They'll say, <laughs> yeah, it's really, really important. Okay, we'll pay teachers what they're worth. If a doctor is getting paid $100,000 to save lives, why isn't a teacher getting paid $100,000 to save lives? Yeah, you're not on the operating table with the gunshot wound, but I'm trying to prevent you from being in a situation that requires you to be on the operating table with the gunshot wound. That is what a teacher does. So pay a teacher $50,000, $70,000. So I think that people like you can be on the outskirts and on the inside of things advocating for teachers in a myriad of ways. Um, I think that people who aren't in the education world can go spend time in classrooms. We always want people to come do read alouds. We always want oh, people cool. to come, yeah, come do recess duty and kick it with our students and um, show us what it looks like to be a professional in a different realm. Show us what it looks like to do what you're doing that's good in the world. Kids need to see that in real life, localized, as you said. Um, so there's a, a number of ways that I think that quote unquote lay people or normal people who aren't teachers or who aren't educators can help teachers and educators. I honestly think that teachers should get paid 70, 80, 90, a hundred thousand bucks. Like I think that teaching should be the most in demand. Like it should bring the best and the brightest and it should uh, be something that people aspire to and not, and I think that teachers do aspire to it, but I think that they know that they're going to be sacrificing financially when they go down that route. And I wish that it was not that way because teaching education has so much to do with crime rates and healthcare and like every, like all these things that are like the big topics that we're arguing about spending money on. Like if we better educated our students, then all of those things would become smaller problems. Like it would be yeah. such a game changer. Um, and that's, I mean, I admire teachers. Can I, can I touch on that? Yeah, please do. Yeah. So I, uh, so I live in the hood, I live on the West side and I'll look at my social media and I'll look at the news and you'll just hear, oh, the crime rate in Chicago, the crime rate in Chicago, um, the crime rate in Chicago, everything, the guns <laughs> and the violence. And you see that all the time. And it blows my mind because, one, it's not as bad as the media makes it out to be. Like, I'm not walking around here, like, trying to stay out of the way of bullets and under a constant barrage of gunfire. That is not what it's like at all. Yeah, there are some some bad guys here. But the percentage of them is so small, so so minute that it's like it's almost laughable. But people make mention of the crime rate and poverty and all these things. What people don't understand is that that is tied to poverty, that crime is tied to poverty. And the reason that you see these issues arise is because my students aren't getting the education that they need because we don't have the resources that we need. So people want to look at the symptoms and say, yuck, we need to get rid of that. What I want people to look at is the illness. I want people to look at the cause for those symptoms. For example, it's like if you had acne. People look at the acne that appears on the face and they say, oh, I want to get rid of that. And I'm saying, no, I want you to get rid of the cause for that acne. You have to eat differently. You have to drink more water. You have to you know, do, do different things like that. So the acne in our society in these cities like this is gun violence or is these crimes, um, violent crimes, or is the, the drug problems. That's the acne. I'm saying, no, we need to deal with the issues, which are lack of resources in education, them cutting mental health facilities and different things like that, specifically in Chicago, them cutting after school programs. You want to keep kids out of trouble? Give them something to do after school. Don't let them go home and be twiddling on their phones all night or go home and be outside doing things they shouldn't be doing. Give them an after-school program. So don't complain about the crime and all of these issues that you see if you're not going to put your money where your mouth is and invest in the things that would prevent that crime. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, man, that's so well said. So well said. I don't know, man. It just blows my mind when I hear people say, like, look, I'm tired of this acne. Okay, we'll do something <laughs> about it. Eat right. Like, drink water. You're tired of these problems. Do something that is going to prevent these problems from taking place. So let me get off my little soapbox. But... Dude, no. I'm, I think that's so important and so good. And I think that that's something that we can all work to to prioritize. You know, whether that's 
you know, calling your congressman or whether that's, you know, sending an email or, you know, when election time comes, you know, voting to uh, support more taxes that support, you know, local schools. All of those things are amazing. And then there's also the grassroots stuff of, hey, you can start your own after school program. Yeah. You can go volunteer. You can you can go to what's that or what's that website where you can donate to teachers? Um, there's donorschoose.org. Yeah, I mean, you can do stuff like that, too. So, dude, this is so good. And honestly, just this has been so inspiring. I love learning about what you do and your passion for kids and how, you know, a, a viral video you created had such an impact on so many other classrooms and students around the country and around the world. I guess I kind of want to wrap on on one question in particular. Every single day you're showing up and you're in relationship with and you're educating this next generation. You know, these are these are kids who uh, will be the future one day. And based off of your conversations with them, I'm curious, what makes you feel hopeful about the future? In what ways do you think that the future will be better because of these kids? Yeah, man, that's such a raw question. I am hopeful for the future because I can see it on my kids' faces. I can see what they bring to the world i can i can hear it in the songs they create i can i can see it in the dance moves that they have i can i can hear it in the stuff that they put down on their papers i'm like oh my gosh you are a star you are going to bring something good to this world you got to think about this somebody was the fifth grade teacher for dr martin luther king jr somebody was his teacher and I feel like all of the scholars in my classrooms and, and, and the kids that I interact with in after school programs, all of them have the propensity, have the ability to do far greater things than Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm not trying to be cliche. I'm not trying to be, oh, we are the world. I'm being dead serious. The way that these kids react and respond and are resilient to all of the blows that life hands them. And their intelligence is unbelievable. They're way smarter than I ever was. And I, again, I'm not <laughs> just saying that to, I'm being dead on, dead serious. These kids are way smarter than I ever was. And they have to be to survive. So I think that drive and that grit and that just desire to wake up tomorrow and still be something, oh my gosh, you put them in front of the right resources, they're going to flip the world upside down. That gives me hope. That's what drives me to come back day after day. Like, these kids have it. Okay, I think that if we've learned one thing from this episode, it's that teachers are the best. And, oh my gosh, I love this conversation with Dwayne. Uh, you absolutely need to go and make sure that you check out his videos uh, start off with Welcome to the Fourth Grade. It's so cute. It's so, I don't even know if cute's the right word. I mean, it, it, it is. It's, it's really fun. It's so playful. It'll be stuck in your head, especially if you watch it. But then go check out all of his other ones. Uh, he's made a bunch of other incredible videos, and they are all great. You should also absolutely go follow him at Teach Mr. Reed on Twitter and Instagram. If you're new to Sounds Good, we would love for you to stick around. You'd also love my conversations with Brad Montague and Justin Zarati. Brad Montague is the creator of Kid President. He introduced me to Dwayne. I am a huge fan. And Justin Zarati started an incredible organization called These Numbers Have Faces that invests in students around the world, specifically in, I think, Uganda and Rwanda and South Africa. And he has a great story of how he came to love and care about education so much. You can find both of these episodes and more than 100 other episodes by searching for Sounds Good wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure that you hit subscribe to keep on getting more inspiring conversations with incredible people delivered straight to your phone while you sleep. It's magic. You all know what subscriptions are. This isn't like a revolutionary idea. Anyway, <laughs> this podcast is created by me, Brandon Harvey, as a part of Good, Good, Good. Good, Good, Good is a community that believes in the power of celebrating good news and becoming good news. Chad Michael Snavely and the team at CM Studio edit and mix the show. You can get lots more hopeful stories on social media by following us everywhere at goodgoodgoodco. I highly recommend following us on Instagram. It's, oh, I mean, 
I did not plan on doing this. This is not like a scripted thing. I genuinely was like, oh, Instagram is my favorite. And then I realized, no, I also love Twitter. Twitter, we share all kinds of stuff. Anyway, follow us on social media. We share so many stories of the good in the world all week long. We would love for you to join us. And we also have a free email newsletter called The Good Newsletter. Every single week, we send out five pieces of good news from around the world. And also, we also create a good news paper, a print newspaper filled with good news. We've sent out thousands and thousands and thousands of copies around the United States. And I would love to send you a copy. So you can subscribe to that and check out everything else that we do at goodgoodgood.co. And on that note, that is a wrap for this week's episode. Go out and support a teacher this week. And we'll be back next week with another inspiring story from an incredible person. Sound good? 